On Friday night in New Orleans, the Phoenix Suns scored the best type of win in the NBA. A we're better than you win. And Devin Booker led the way with 52 points. On today's episode of Locked on Suns, we'll break down Booker's incredible night, the keys to his success, and why the Suns just looked flat out better than another Western Conference power. Let's go. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcast. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to start off, well, Saturday evening. We'll call it Sunday's episode. Appreciate you being here. We're free and available everywhere, including YouTube. So just hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're finding the show. Become an everydayer. Get locked onto the Phoenix Suns all season long, right along with me. Doing a bonus show today. I had to. You don't see a win like that every night, and the Suns surely have not seen wins like that often enough this season. A we're better than you win. And I know I've said that many times but already, but it is true, and I'm excited to break it down for you. We're going to talk two moments of the game, the first and third quarter, different reasons for why the Suns were able to dominate New Orleans. And then I'll talk through just why this win was so impressive and give you some quick observations on the box score and more. But today's show brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA, all lowercase for a first deposit matchup to $100. All right. Two moments that define this game that helped the Suns walk away with the win. And a really impressive win, right? Like, I know it's against the Lakers. People wanted to say, oh, it's just the Lakers. Yes, it's a rival. Yes, it's LeBron, but it's not a very good team. And I know people are going to probably do the same now. And even Suns fans might feel like, hey, how excited can we really get? You measure yourself by beating the best. The Pelicans are not the best. And that's fine. But we'll get there in a minute. The first moment of the game happened in the first quarter where, frankly, it was one of those nights where it felt over early. You fast forward to the end of the first quarter, and for people who have been Suns fans for years, that is it, that is Booker time. It always has been, and it's back to being that. He loves to play the, first, the whole first quarter, and they are structuring the rotation now where Beal comes out first, Durant stays in a little longer, but then Durant comes out. And there are these stretches, two, maybe three minutes to close out every first quarter now, where it is, it's just booking the bench, or at least booking and and role players. I sometimes Grayson Allen will be out there. Nurkic maybe too. And in this particular case, it was really just the last minute. The Pelicans put Dyson Daniels on him. And a couple things happened. Booker scored two buckets against Daniels, one a mid-range jumper and one a sort of, I guess a jumper sort of fall away, but it was in the post. And you just saw Daniels look, I mean, he was in hell. There's no other way to, to, to put it, right? He 
he just looked like, what am I supposed to do here? Looked exhausted, frankly. And honestly, I would say Booker did too, which is the the, the great part, the, the awesome part. Because Booker's red in the face. He's scored 20 points or I don't remember exactly in the first quarter. I think it was 20 and in the first and the third because he was only two of seven from the field in the second quarter. In the fourth quarter, he didn't have to play much. So 52, you know, added up all in total. I think it was 20 plus in both of those quarters. And so he's exhausted from that, but he still has something in the tank to rope-a-dope Daniels. The mid-range jumper was pure Booker footwork, Booker unpredictability to where Daniels is on him. It's not like he breaks his ankles or Daniels just gets caught up on a screen or something. He's right there. He doesn't even get a hand up to contest it because there was, he had no idea when Booker was going to rise up for the shot and book. It's a clean look off. Then in the post, it's just shoulder, shoulder, fall away money. We've seen that a million times, but the point I'm making about this Booker stretch is he was at the absolute peak of his powers. When Booker is playing like he was on Friday night, not only is there nobody who can guard him, there's nobody who even knows what the heck he's doing. There's nobody who can even mentally keep up with him. And we have not seen a game like that from this dude much at all this season. And man, was it a sight for sore eyes. The other thing that happened at the end of that first quarter, though, was that Zion Williamson decided, okay, I'm going to score now. And he got a couple of buckets. And it was just flat out too late. The Pelicans' best players did not start the game with the level of aggressiveness that they needed to to keep up. And the Suns scored 40-plus in that quarter, were up double digits, 15 or so, and it was done. The other moment of the game. I know I said it was done, but look, the Pelicans, any team, even if you're down 20, you have a chance coming out of halftime to do exactly what your opponent did early in the game in the first place and make it close. The Pelicans did not do that. But in particular, what stood out to me is everything about the Suns game plan, and I'll go into this a little more in the next segment, was centered on attacking Jonas Valanciunas. And so... After a couple of buckets in which the Suns aggressively took advantage of him hedging out onto the perimeter and the Pelicans trying to basically get the ball out of the ball handler's hands in the pick and roll, and Booker in particular, but really everybody on the team making them pay for that, they, they had a quick pull on Valanciunas at the beginning of the third. I think it was about five and a half, four and a half minutes in, five, four or five minutes, whatever, early. And they go to Nance, they go small. The Suns keep Nurkic in the game. And then eventually they would go to Udoka Azubuki. They basically said, no, we're not matching your small look. We're going to stay big. If you listen to the audio exclusive game preview shows that I've been doing, Fridays predicted that that this game might actually be played bigger rather than smaller, and the Suns lived up to that. And in this moment, you saw why. Because Booker scored on a Nance switch. The Suns were still able to get the ball movement to such a and decision-making to such a level that even Nance being a little bit quicker, a little bit uh, more agile, nimble, 
They were still able to get the ball to the uh, rolling big man on the short roll for a spray out to a shooter. They were still able to get their ball handlers downhill. And I believe they fouled, the Pelicans fouled Nurkic during this stretch on a loose ball because he was killing them on the offensive boards. This moment was just illustrative of the fact that the Pelicans weren't even able to work their advantages, right? So just like in the end of the first quarter when Zion was like, oh, Booker's going off. I probably should try to score here. They had the same realization in the third quarter of, man, they're crushing JV and his slow-footedness and everything else. Let's adjust here. And the Suns said, shut up, <laughs> basically. it does it, your, your adjustments, we don't care. And they punished it. Two, this was a we're better than you game, and those two moments showed it, but it wasn't just those two moments. This Suns team was dominant. This was their best win of the season on Friday night, so let's just talk about how they were able to dominate and why they were able to dominate to such a degree. Next, first, today's show brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors this season have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire in your season-long league, these are the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has for us in this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Gigi Jackson, the youngest player in the NBA, getting minutes in Memphis because they have been decimated by injuries, can score the ball at an elite level. Mason Plumley is starting for the Clippers after missing a month because now Ivica Zubats is out. Aaron Neesmith out in Indiana likely to be the long-term rest-of-the-season starter in place of Bruce Brown, who was out in Toronto now after the Siakam deal. Jabari Walker in Portland, who was starting over Jeremy Grant, but now starting next to Jeremy Grant. Anytime a role player goes up a level in terms of role, you got to look at them. And then Marvin Bagley got sent to Washington, suddenly starting there as well, or at least getting a lot of minutes somehow against all odds. Bagley's still playing a major role on a big NBA on an NBA team. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And that's the same with your vehicle. I've bought a wheel cover, a sunshade, and more at eBay Motors. They really do have every part you could imagine, even if you think it's something tiny that they might be overlooking. They don't. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Whatever you need, eBay Motors has it, and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, with these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available for U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All righty here, let's talk about the big picture of this win. It was just dominant. It was flat out dominant. But I want to follow up on what I was saying about the game plan, right? This is a game where... You would have thought Chris Paul was still out there is actually maybe the best way to put it. The Suns' collective IQ and execution picking at a weakness of their opponent is something I think we got used to and maybe took for granted when Chris Paul was around. But on Friday night, it was on full display. And the guy they were picking apart, the weak point that they were going after was... was Jonas Valanciunas. I've been fluctuating. There's been a lot of times where I want to say the Suns are at their best when Yusuf Nurkic is more involved. And I think I'm 
ready to say a more accurate version of that based on what we saw on Friday and how they attacked Valanchunas. In some matchups, the Suns need to go to Nurkic in order to be at their best, and he has proven that he can answer the call in those matchups. Is that more fair? Because this was one of those matchups. Right away, you saw the Suns getting rid of the ball, the, the playmakers on this team, getting rid of the ball quickly on the in the pick and roll. The minute that Valanchunas moved his feet out to the perimeter to try to hedge, get the ball out of their hands. They said, okay, great, ball's out of our hands. And Nurkic did a fantastic job making decisions. Where is the pass going to go? Maybe do I shoot it? Whatever, he gets nine assists, only three turnovers. And then one level above that, if you were watching that third quarter and wondering how on earth after a huge first quarter and a decent second quarter for the Suns, they're up uh, 17 at halftime, how does Booker get going again? How do they let that happen? The answer is they took the ball out of his hands. The Suns did but they were still able to get him open shots because of how they manipulated the Pelicans' help defense. It's not just to take advantage of Valanchunas and him coming out of the play and getting Nurkic going downhill playing four on, well, yeah, four on three with the guard defender and Valanchunas now behind the play. It's also about what the help looks like after that. And what the Suns were awesome at doing was to have Booker stationed when Beal or Durant were running a pick and roll and Valanchunas moved his feet like that and Nurkic rolled. Even if Nurkic did not even ever catch the ball in the play, what happens is you have to help on the backside of that because even if, again, Nurkic doesn't actually catch it, he's now running downhill in open space and he's seven feet tall and if he catches it he can just dunk it so you have to help where does that help come from well typically it's going to come from the weak side and typically it's going to come from your best help defenders and herb jones was guarding booker often in this game and herb jones was the one tagging nurkic and so what did the Suns do they looked for booker and booker was really good about moving once Jones committed to being that helper into open space. And so the Suns were able to get Booker open threes despite a massive first half because of that. That's the type of thing that great teams execute and use their talent to make possible. The Suns did that. I hesitate to go overboard on the defense. I think that the Pelicans just played a pretty hapless offensive game. I think that they missed a lot of open shots. I do think you can criticize and say that Zion and Ingram did not come out aggressive enough early and the, and the Pelicans were sort of letting the game come to them on offense, even as it became clear that um, the Suns were hot and the Suns brought it. But... I think the biggest and best thing you would have to say about the Suns as a defensive unit is that the effort and execution was really, really high level, okay? I think that the Suns had, in terms of just their core lineups, 
being on a string, rotating and contesting and making plays, some of their best defensive moments of the season. They didn't have to put Josh Okogie out there or Jordan Goodwin out there or, you know, it wasn't some crazy Drew Eubanks block from behind. This was the starters or the starters minus one with Gordon in there just doing what needed to be done to provide resistance, to provide help, to get steals and blocks and deflections and stops. And I tweeted a clip that I think was in the middle of the first quarter. It was one of the better defensive Suns possessions of the season. They initially, it is Brandon Ingram catching the ball off of a pin down, guarded by Durant. Durant cuts through the screen, stays with Ingram on the catch so that he doesn't have a free shot or a free drive at the basket. Grayson Allen stunts in really, really fast, swipes at the ball to just kind of, again, affect Ingram's rhythm. As Ingram does gather and start to go toward the basket, you see Booker aggressively helping from the corner. And the minute he moves, the minute Booker moves, Eric Gordon is beelining it for the corner. Ingram reads Booker, throws it to the corner who Booker just left, but Gordon's already there, gets the deflection. After that, the Pelicans get the loose ball. They reset. For some reason, Ingram has the ball and he's guarded by Booker and he asks for a screen and ends up guarded by Durant again. I don't know why he did that. And then you see Ingram get a step on Durant, drive to the basket, but at the last second, Durant smacks down on you know Andre Iguodala style, whoever you want to use the comparison to, Kawhi style, gets the ball out of Ingram's hands. Nurkic catches it, outlet pass to Booker. He throws it to Eric Gordon on the trail. Gordon pump fakes, and it's a fast break bucket on the other end. Those are the types of plays we have not seen. We have not seen the level of offensive execution. The Suns only turned the ball over eight times in this game. We have not seen a Booker performance like that that resulted from some of that execution and and everything. And we have not seen a defensive game where they executed and played as hard as they did. The other thing I would just say in terms of why this was a we are better than you win is the Suns did not overreact personnel-wise, right? I, I talked a lot. One thing I got wrong, I talked a lot in the preview show on the audio feeds about... Booker, or sorry, about Zion and what the Suns might try to do. What the Suns did was actually just not treat Zion like much of a threat. Bradley Beal guarded him a lot of this game, at least to open. The Suns' core game plan was Beal guarding him. They switched a ton like I thought they would, but they basically treated Ingram as the only guy worth panicking about. They left Herb Jones to take threes open, even though he's really made teams pay for that. He was one of six. You know, they didn't panic against Valanchunas. He had a pretty Valanchunas-like game. 16 points, four offensive rebounds, six free throw attempts. But okay, you live live with it. And all in all, it worked. So personnel-wise, they treated, they acted. They walked into New Orleans building and they acted. They held themselves like they were the best team and they executed to make that come true. 
A couple more quick things in terms of the box score and the rotation to get to before we get out of here on this bonus edition of Locked on Suns. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks, the best place to play daily fantasy sports. And I will tell you why. You are not playing against a shark. You're not playing against some person whose career it is to beat you at fantasy sports. Prize Picks has created a fun game where you're playing directly against their player projections. So you look at that projection and you say more or you say less, meaning it's just your knowledge, your skill, your sports IQ, and that's it. They also were running a specials league this time of year where you can combine across leagues like football and basketball, for instance, and have conjoined projections that you again pick more or less on all of that plus quick withdrawals easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app to try it out go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nba when you make your first deposit use the promo code locked on nba to get it matched up to 100 dollars. that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on to get a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy Closing out the show, let's talk threes. The Suns got up 41 of them, and I I think a couple things are the reason. One, the ball movement, right? They had 32 assists in this game, which is huge, a huge number. And look, it does help when there is such an easy target like Valanchunas and the way that he plays defense and even the way they kind of did the same thing when Nance was out there and you're ready for it, and again, you execute it, the ball movement's naturally going to come when the game plan is based on moving the ball, right? So not to let them off the hook, but the Pelicans give you, they kind of serve up some ball movement opportunities. But that's not it. They also played fast, and they looked for their shooters in transition. Durant, Gordon, Allen, Booker, (coughs) and Beal. The last point, though, and this is again regarding Booker, the last way that they were able to get a bunch of threes up is that they, Booker, hunted that shot. I've said it before, I will say it again, and I will never stop saying it. Booker is at his best when he is aggressive with his pull-up three. That's it. End of story. Booker is at his best when he's hunting his pull-up three because it it is another way that he becomes, it's an unguardable shot. If you get a good screen and you're in momentum, in rhythm, you can get it up against any kind of defense. You know, ask Steph Curry, ask Damian Lillard. It, it, it's, it's defense proof. So when teams are, I mean, there was moments in this game where whether it was off ball or on inbounds passes or whatever, the Pelicans had literally two people on him. Like, assigned to him basically when you're able to come off screens and and take a shot like that it allows you to continue to score even when the defense is keyed into you but the other thing it does is it makes you less predictable when you're operating in the pick and roll in the first place or in transition because it makes teams respect and step up on you and we know he can beat guys and from there it's just Dyson Daniels in the blender again, not knowing what the heck is going on, head on a swivel, wanting to just check himself out of the game because he's in, he's, he's being tortured, right? So 
that pull-up three unlocks all of that, and that was the last ingredient to how they were able to get so many up. So that's the box score oddity for the night. Let's just do a Benchmop vibe check. Look, guys, I uh, I wish it was better news when it comes to this rotation, but it is currently not. <clears throat> it is not great news. The Suns had, I mean, and they didn't have to. They chose to play their starters even into the fourth quarter despite being up 20 heading into the fourth quarter. Obviously, you do that for a few minutes, but it was pretty deep into it because outside of Gordon, Vogel just hardly even ran a bench in this game. Metu played 14 minutes, Azubuki played 12. Gordon was the only guy over 15. And only really those eight guys played at all. Okogi did get some run in the competitive parts of the game, but again, we're we're kind of in the zone with him of it's 10 to 12 to 15 minutes. It's, it's not going to be more than that, and on some nights might even be less. Vogel is desperately pleading for somebody on this team to step up. The Suns are proving, with all the things I've talked about already, that they can win a game with basically, you know, six and a half, seven guys, and it'll be okay. But you don't want to have to do that, you know? And at some point, there's going to be a team that pushes the Suns team, and we will see a game where we feel like the big three are excellent, we feel like the Suns are doing what they need to do on both ends of the court, keeping turnovers down, rebounding well, moving the ball well, playing with good pace, all that stuff, and a team might still push them or maybe even beat them, and those are the nights where we're going to say, it, there has to be some somebody else here. And we're not seeing who that's going to be right now. It's unclear. There's not a lot of answers. But that will wrap us up for the day. Hope you enjoyed, how could you not, an awesome Suns victory. I will be back on Sunday night following Suns Pacers. I will also have a preview show on the audio feeds before that game. We're seeing Siakam and Halliburton. I don't know how this happened. Halliburton was supposed to be hurt for this game. Siakam was a Toronto Raptor. And now we're seeing game number two of the Halley Siakam show in Phoenix. They looked a little rusty. We're a little rough around the edges on Friday night in Portland. Maybe we'll get that same result, but that should be an awesome one. I'll be back with Brandon Duenas on Sunday night, reviewing and recapping that game. So hit follow or subscribe if you haven't already. Check back Sunday night, and I will talk to you then.